0: Good afternoon, Dr. Dang, we're here. This is the uh, third day of October 2021. So we're into a new month and we are still we're wrapping up our aging lectures. So I've been talking about natural killer cells for the last four, I think, episodes on authentic biochemistry. And before that, we talked about macrophages. I want to do some reminding and some synoptic discussion of T lymphocytes today. Because remember, we're gonna put together at least two more video lectures to finish aging. And all the work that I'm doing on the audio podcast is so that we have this uh, already as a priori knowledge when we go into the uh, synoptic video lecture so that you can then call upon your vast awareness of these discussions as we uh, formulate hopefully some um, really good hypothetical deductions uh, that are still lingering about that need to be refined to describe the causes of morbidity and mortality in the human. And I say causes, I, of course, will stipulate that the word cause is used in medicine, it's used in science often but most often what I'm going to be saying is association and correlation because a direct cause-effect relationship is usually difficult to apprehend in phenomenological um, conditions. And certainly living systems are phenomenological states. So with that small caveat, let's start talking about the uh, T lymphocytes Now we've done this kind of discussion before and I'm going to just assume that you have a recollection of it. So I'm going to generate dialectic right now. I'm going to say that T lymphocytes will react in the intact human dynamic event ontology to respond to the environment, maintain cellular and physiological health, and to prepare for future changes that include alterations in nutrition, neurological imprinting, vagaries of disease, and then, of course, aging. So T lymphocyte lineages and the associated biochemical communication thereof will become modified via changes in the epigenome, something we've been trying to bring forward in our discussions, uh, if not every lecture, almost every lecture. So we have Alterations in the epigenome. We also have canonical, inducible, and repressible gene expression because of transcription factors. <laughs> and we have a f- fair amount of membrane retailering and membrane lipid recombination based on changes in ph- and phospholipase activity uh, that alter the fatty acid composition of glycerolipids and sphingolipids within the membrane, which then alters signaling of cells. And if these cells happen to be T lymphocytes, that signaling can be related to uh, alterations in the meaningful response to antigen presentation and into the control of Th1, Th2, Th17 cell cytokine production as it relates to T-regulatory cell modification of quelling some of that hyperimmune response associated with the activation of the TH lineages, also CD8 lineages, I should mention. So there are key epigenetic molecular events in those dynamic processes, and of course they're going to include chromatin remodeling, Uh, they're going to include CPG island methylation, histone methylation, acetylation, and of course microRNA interference. And all that's going to require the establishment of a dialectical event ontological phenomena, phenomena. And I've been talking a lot about this, and I hope that you recall what we mean by uh that, that discussion. So Remember that diabetes and physiology and pathophysiology include major mechanisms like replication, recombination, transcription, alternate splicing, signal transduction, cell fate, things like this. We talked about it recently uh, on the podcast. I'm not going to um, repeat that right now. So there was a paper published in Cell Death and Disease uh, back in the summer of 2019. And I'll remind you that inflammatory bowel diseases, including Crohn's disease, CD, and ulcerative colitis, UC, will associate with intestinal inflammatory lesions where there's a certain cell lineage called group three innate lymphoid cells, otherwise known as ILC3s, become physiologically relevant in healthy GI mucosal homeostasis and these ilc 3s are maintained through the generation of a few cytokines interleukin 22 17 and the granulocyte macrophage colony stimulating factor GMCSF now when those become dysfunctional in the in the expression secretion of those cytokines that's when you start to get an alteration in the ILC3s, and that's when you start to gain some of the presentation of IBDs, that is both CD and UC. So ILC3 will contribute to the regression and aggravation, that particular cell lineage, group three innate lymphoid cells, of inflammatory bowel disease. Now, And look at 22 and 17, along with interferon gamma, of course, are overexpressed by dysregulation of the ILC3s, either NCR, that's a surface marker, minus or NCR positive ILC3 functionality. So NCR is what? It is the natural cytotoxicity receptor. And it's, it's, it's of a type called the type 1 transmembrane protein. And that means it fits into the immunoglobulin superfamily. And upon stimulation, it will mediate this NCR receptor, this nat- natural natu- natu- cytotoxicity receptor, actually mediates natural killer cell killing. And remember that whole release of interferon gamma. So what do the NCRs bind? They bind things like viral ligands, uh, such as hemagglutinins and hemagglutinin neuraminidases. They also bind to bacterial ligands and indeed cellular ligands, which are sometimes associated with tumors. There's also progression towards the NCR plus ILC3, and then a transformation of those cell lineages because of rearrangement at the chromatin remodeling level, I like to call it chromatin retailoring, remember, with chromatin retailoring level to transform into the ILC1 lineage, as well as a regulatory ILC dysfunctional lineage. And that's gonna give you the full-blown pathological state in these particular cell lineages, in these group three innate lymphoid cells and group one innate lymphoid cells. So let's summarize where we are right now. Group three innate lymphoid cells are typically responsible for GI mucosal homeostasis. And they're responsible through a moderate generation of those cytokines, I told you. Moderate generation, that means low levels of IL-2217 in the GMCSF. csf When ILC contributes to the progression and aggravation of the inflammatory bowel disease, it does so via the dysregulation of the NCR-minus-ILC3 or the NCR-plus-ILC3 function. With a bias towards NCR+, which then moves to ILC1 transformations, under the stimulation of a particular cytokine called interleukin-12. And of course that is generated, IL-12, is a common secreted interleukin from CD14-positive dendritic cells. You also get it from regulatory ILC dysfunction when it falls into the pathological state. So ILCs can generate interleukin-12 but also CD14-positive dendritic cells. So what I'm saying here is that dysregulation of ILC3s in IBD will result in overexpression of those inflammatory cytokines that usually moderate the ILC3 in the GI tract. Now, again, we're talking about aging here because one of the very common morbidities in the aging population is inflammatory bowel disease, okay? So this is underlying as a morbidity and contributory to the morbidity which is associated with senescent phenomena. This is what I'm getting at, okay? So we can get an overexpression and the LC3s of IL-2217 interfering gamma. Remember that can also then cause interleukin-17 secretion and that's gonna recruit neutrophil cells, those innate immune cells, and what they're going to do is disrupt an E-cadherin junctional adhesion molecule-like structure called JAML, and that will then lead to the enhancement, of course, of an epithelial permeability, which is then, of course, paradigmatic, to IBD. So that means the ILC3 to ILC1 plasticity that you see, that cellular plasticity, is, is at the core of IBD progression. And I can tell you that it is can be reversed because the ILC3 to ILC1 is a plastic phenomenon. And because of that, if you have high levels, if we look at 23, interleukin-1-beta, and in fact, retinoic acid, you can then reverse that plasticity when you have CD14- minus dendritic cells, which are going to be generating those um, two cytokines and releasing retinoic acid. So ILC3s express, of course, the retinoic acid receptor, RAR, and also the related orphan receptor. We talk a lot about these in T cell lineages. Remember, way back in the summer, uh, I was talking about this at late spring, early summer. And that related orphan receptor is our OR gamma T. So you have retinal acid receptor and related orphan receptor. So it's RAR and ROR gamma T. And you're going to get signature cytokines from this. And those are going to be in look at 22 and 17. Of course, IL-17 also comes from Th17 cell lineages, which can be involved in this later down into the progression of disease. (laughs) Now, fetal ILC3s, or indeed lymphoid tissue inducer cells, are always going to be required for lymphoid organogenesis. While a postnatally developing ILC3 is going to be important for what's known as intestinal cryptopatches, and that's going to include isolated lymphoid follicles as well as generating this defense mechanism. Okay, this will lead to a defense mechanism against potential pathogens, and it's going to lead to epithelial homeostasis. Okay, so group three innate lymphoid cells, ILC3s are therefore responsible for GI mucosal homeostasis because of the description I just gave you there about that lymphoid follicle production, making these intestinal crypto patches. Okay. And because of that, they moderate the generation ultimately of an 2217 and GMCSF. All of that, again, is a physiological homeostatic state. So, ILC3 contributes to the progression, will contribute to the progression and aggravation of inflammatory bowel diseases because of that dysregulation I just mentioned to you of the NCR ILC3 system. Okay, so we're we're fully aware of this. Now, let's bring in regulatory T-cells into the exposure. We're, just, we're, descri- we're describing a phenomenon of aging GI tract now. The paper published in Frontiers in Immunology back in 2015 uh, describes the following. T reg cells, remember those are regulatory T lymphocytes, via their immune suppressive capabilities, are basically indispensable in maintaining immune homeostasis. And by that I mean they will prevent, by and large, the potential for autoimmune responses. And how do you get the potential for autoimmunity? It can be induced by an excessive, misdirected, or even an unnecessary immune activation by um, cytokines acting as growth factors. So you have surface-expressed cytotoxic T-lymphocyte-associated antigen-4, that's CTLA-4, Now that will mediate normally the suppression of target cells, but it requires cell-cell contact. So Treg cells can also reduce the T cell activation and proliferation through this CD39, CD73 minus mediated production of metabolic adenosine while Treg cells have also been shown to harbor some cytotoxic capacity and they will induce target cell apoptosis, but there they're acting as a kind of like a natural killer cell in that they release granzymes A and B and perforin. Remember those are the cytotoxic um, degranulation products we talked about in nk56 dim cells so there is some overlap between t reg cells and nk56 dim you understand so you have anti-inflammatory cytokines and they are of course going to be secreted by t regulatory cells and they will induce directly after binding to receptors uh, on t helper cells for example um, Basically, an immune tolerance. So, under a pathological or pathogenic state, for example, like in lupus erythematosus and in multiple sclerosis, T regulatory cells exhibit a plasticity, and to some extent, can move all the way over into mimicking T helper cell-like phenotypes, which means, of course, pro-inflammatory. So here's a couple of things I wanna remind you of. This is gonna describe how T-effector cells can be generated and regulated, okay? This comes from a 2019 paper, an Experimental molecular medicine. And I'm also gonna be referring to a paper in Trends in Immunology, uh, published back in 2017, April of that year, but worry, I'll be in the show notes so let me get into this. CD4-positive T cells play key roles in acquired lymphoid immunity, and they do so by orchestrating cytokinogenesis. And they also do so during a process of differentiation into their m- mature cellular lineages. And what are they going to be? Because of CD4-positive, Th1, Th2, Th17 effector cells, or T regulatory cells. Now, all of that reminding you is associated with T-cell receptor maturation, subsequent activation. So each of the CD4-positive lineages will express a suite of unique transcription factors, which again, is a reminder because I went over this extensively uh, four or five months ago, to drive their terminal differentiation. Okay, so you need transcription factors within the CD4-positive cell lineage to affect all this differentiation into those subsets of T cells, okay? So what are some of the transcription factors? Tbet, for example, B-E-T, TBAT. That's the transcription factor for Th1 cells. And they will go on to clear, Th1 cells, intracellular pathogens. And they'll do so by inducing the interferon gamma gene, okay? So similarly, Th2 cells will express and look at 4, 5, and 13. And they will function, this is like the classical discussion here in immunology 301, they'll do so in response to helminths, And they'll use the transcription factor GATA3, while the Th17 cell lineage well, Is going, going to express that Roar gamma-T as a lineage determining factor for TH17 cells. And from that, you're going to get chromatin remodeling, and you're going to get transcription, translation, glycosylation, and secretion of the cytokines, and leukin-17A, and leukin-17F, and of course, and leukin-22. Those are all going to be regimented to eliminate extracellular bacteria as well as fungi. All right, from the TH17 lineage. Now, this is all normal functioning. Now, there is, a, there is a dark side to T cell activation, and that includes a TH17 autoimmune-mediated multiple sclerosis and rheumatoid arthritis. Those are two autoimmune diseases which are very um, morbid and can cause severe disease and death, uh, particularly MS. In humans, even at younger ages. And the reason that it can occur with Th17 cells is because they overreach what would be called an acquired immune lymphoid pathway by adapting to another member, uh, to another reassociation of T cell lineages. And that response is basically blocking the pro inflammatory drive that normally is controlled by the T regulatory cells. So T regs then are blocked because of TH17 overreaction, thus generating an autoimmune mediated multiple sclerosis and rheumatoid arthritis arthritis, that is not otherwise controlled by T regulatory cell function. So that means that normal uh, control, T regs tank, the differentiation and proliferation of those T-effector cells, those TH lineages. And they do so by down-regulating, okay, uh, it, 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 at, at both proximal and distal regions associated with that differentiation, they down-regulate some of that pro-inflammatory response. And ultimately, Tregs, when they're functioning correctly, and they're not compromised, they'll check autoimmune and even allergic phenotypic responses. Now, a small thing about TBET, right, which is the transcription factor for Th1. TBET is the essential transcription factor and regulator of effector differentiation in multiple immune lineages, not just for CD4 positive and then going on to Th1. So, So the immune lineages we're talking about are CD4 positive, CD8 positive, um natural killer cells and then the ilc so the ilcs including natural killer cells and then also the cytotoxic t cell lineages and if that's not enough even b cells are controlled by tbet as a transcription factor so inflammatory cytokines will generally induce tbet expression but it'll do so in a, in a um saturable manner, which will then regulate distinct differentiation outcomes to terminal differentiation. You understand. So for example, t can act as a fulcrum between Th1 cells and T follicular helper cells. Now those two can differentiate down different pathways. You can also get control over pathogenic and non-pathogenic TH17 cells, and indeed CD8 effector and memory T cells, all from TBET graded expression and then ultimate control over transcription of genes related to the differentiation of those cell lineages. You understand what we're talking about here. So, the transcription factor involves these terminal differentiations, and we can describe TBAT, for example, for TH1. But TBAT also can be and is indeed used as a transcription factor in all those other cell lineages, not just CD4 positive, I thought just CD4, CD8, the ILCs, the uh, including natural killer cells, but also the cytotoxic T lymphocytes, and even B cells transferring and uh, transmitting into plasma cells, producing IgG. TBET is found there as transcription factor. And what has to do with what lineages of glycoproteins are synthesized, expressed, and secreted, and some of those of course are gonna be growth factors, and some of those of course are gonna be cytokines, pro-inflammatory and anti-inflammatory. What's going to dictate all that is the hierarchical expression of the transcription factor itself, TBET, which is moving through other transcription factors such as the Roar Gamma-T, for example, in the TH17 lineage. You understand how this works, that there's feed forward and there's feedback control over the expression of these transcription factors. And then you basically get a multiple lineage of transcription factors. And the ones that are produced in the most massive amounts are going to produce then downstream as a sequela. Those products of transcription, first the RNA and then, of course, the proteins, and then (laughs) modification of proteins via glycosylation, for example, that are going to ultimately give you that terminally differentiated uh, T cell lineage. And terminally differentiated with an asterisk next to it, because you know the Treg cells and Th17 cells are kind of interconvertible, again, because of transcription factor lineage expression. So there's a temporal framework here, and then there's a compositional framework, and, of course, then there is a concentration framework of competing transcription factors, which are going to open up different chromatin um, beds, and that chromatin remodeling then will result in specific generation of products, transcription products, that are going to relate to that terminal differentiation. You see. So that's what we're getting at here. That's the, uh, that's, that's the major take-home message I want you to get uh, with, with this whole description here that we're doing today. Again, remember, all I'm doing is reminding you of what we talked about before. So let's go over this quickly because only have a few minutes left. In the presence of chemokines, such as CXC and then the receptor CXCR3, you're going to get increasing amount of TBET transcription levels. And the CD8-positive T-cell lineage, starting off with CD8 as a cell surface marker, uh, you're going to, in the presence of interleukin-12, and 12, interleukin-12 12 is going to be generated from that, you're going to start making the transcription factor, TBET. And also, I told you this other one called BLIMP-1. That's going to result ultimately in the presence of interferon gamma. Now, that right there, the TBAT-BLIMP-1 lineage, is a cytotoxic T-cell but further differentiate if interferon gamma is present and that can be generated from already existing Th1 cell lineages as a pool in this site of infection, for example, to further Th1 inflammatory responses and the full Th1 inflammatory response is going to include the chemokines CXCL9 and 10, and then the ligands for CXCR3. See feed, Again, this is going to be a feed-forward synthesis going from CD8 positive to TBAT blimp 1 and the presence of TH1 and you're found gamma making a full-blown TH1 lineage feedback regulating in this CD8 lineage because you're producing the CXCR, which I told you as you increase that, you increase Tbet. Now CD4 cell lineages uh, increasing TBAT levels in the presence of interleukin-12. You're also going to get a TBAT but you're not going to have that blimp one transcription factor there because it's cd4 positive lineage so you have differential transcription factor expression now that same cell lineage to t bat only from cd4 lineage in the presence of th1 cells and interferon gamma will also give you a full-blown th1 inflammatory response it'll help proactivate those th1 cells okay, that's the point there now I'm going to stop here because I want to tell you about GCB cells, TH17 and Treg cells going through that same transcription factor alteration. Now I know this is a review, but that's what we're doing here. We're reviewing the review. So I got to stop because I only have 10 seconds. This is Dr. Dan Guerra, Authentic Biochemistry Studios in the Inland Pacific Northwest, saying bye for on the 3rd of October, saying bye for now.